Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into another episode of Hoopsville. I am your host, Dave McHugh, broadcasting from the WBCA and ABC studios in the greater Baltimore area. Once again, realizing something a little peculiar tonight. This is the first time in five or six years, I think it is, that we're airing on the Sunday before Thanksgiving weekend. Some of you are probably like, well, what's he talking about? I don't really understand. We've usually had the Hoopsville Classic and thus a bunch of coaches' interviews from that event that we have relied on for essentially to stand in for this show because I am just too flat-out exhausted, um, amongst many other people, from covering the Hoopsville Classic at Stevenson University the last odd amount of years. I think one year we may have pulled off a show following and then realized the absolute insanity of that uh, and went with a different plan. And again, we had the coaches' corner in- interviews out there, and so we didn't need to. But I just kind of realized today, I-, I-, I wondered why today just putting the show together felt weird. I can't, I couldn't remember my usual plan for guests before the Thanksgiving break and blah, 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 blah. And, and this is the reason why. Uh, so welcome in to uh, a little bit of a different show than we normally have. Remember, you can always interact with us. You can ask us questions. You can... Uh, maybe get our opinion on things. You can do it via Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, and you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville, where we are simulcasting our show again, as always, tonight. Uh, you can also email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or Instagram at d3hoopsville. That was the other one. Again, we'll be sans video, as it were. No video tonight. Um, it just, in everything that's been going on, a lot of the off-season work, uh, and then the weeks leading up to this, it wasn't, uh, we, we just don't have everything in order to be ready. We hope to bring video back, uh, next Sunday, um, after Thanksgiving and have it for the rest of the season from there. It's not a, a major technical issue on our end. That's not our problem. It's more about aesthetics. It's more about some other things in place that we want to have in place uh, essentially, the studio isn't as ready as we were hoping it would be, and it needed to take a back seat to a lot of the other things we were doing. We also got kind of into a groove with the preseason podcast, which didn't help. Um, so they were good preseason podcasts. We just kind of put ourselves on other things and a back foot. Um, last week's show, or last Thursday's show, was unceremoniously uh, brought to an end uh, moments after we got done talking to Carla Berube, the head coach at Tufts. Um, I, I don't know why we would apologize for that, but I have apologized for that. Mother Nature was at fault. High winds in the area knocked us, knocked the power out, not for a long period of time, but several times and enough to basically bring everything to a crashing halt on our end. And by the time we would have gotten everything back up and running, it just wasn't worth the hassle, considering the fact our two following segments had already been pre-taped. Well, we didn't have an intro and a tag to them necessarily or anything else on them. Uh, we had them available, so we just turned those around. So we apologize to any of you who may have wanted to tune in live for that. That certainly wasn't convenient, and uh, we, we certainly didn't want that to happen. But um, that's what ended up happening. The first time we've been knocked off the air, at least in this studio's history, during a show. Um, and I don't remember if we've been knocked off the air prior to that at any point in time. It's just kind of weird, as it were. Um, per all that, we didn't get a chance to point out the fact we... Did not do the Hoopsville Classic this year. We have not made a big deal of that for varying reasons. One, because we are working to bring the Hoopsville Classic back uh, next season, we hope. That's the plan, knock on wood. 
um, talking to some entities, and we'll see where that develops. Not a lot of details to provide with you for a number of degrees, including my own superstitions, uh, but we do hope to bring the Hoopsville Classic back next year. We didn't make a big deal out of it. Not being here this year was, one, because we had good reason to feel it was going to come back next year, and two, um, the reasons we decided to put it on hold were really due to growth uh, and due to expectations. We felt we needed a little bit of a reset button um, and felt you know, things just needed to kind of take a, a step back and reevaluate before we continued moving on. Uh, everyone has positive reviews of the event behind the scenes. It's taxing, as anyone can imagine, who's any ever put on a, 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 a tournament like this. So uh, anyway, we're, we're hoping to move forward with the Hoopsville Classic in the future. If anyone is curious, we didn't make a big deal because we just didn't feel it needed to be a big deal. We hope uh, those of you who missed it will be happy when you hear the details of its return, though we don't have anything to announce right now. We certainly hope to announce something in the near future. Um, of course, you can fast forward to the D3Hoops.com Classic, which was coming up in Las Vegas, and looking forward to that for sure. Uh, this year, the Great Lakes Invitational in, in um, Marietta, Ohio, uh, you could say took the place of the Hoopsville Classic in terms of eyeballs this season in its inaugural year certainly lived up to it had some tremendously good games out there ryan scott our around the nation uh columnist went out there for it rightly so and we will hear from ryan coming up on the show about what he thought of the tournament not in the sense of how it was run we 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 know they probably did a pretty good job at marietta and we sure ryan winnable did a pretty good job himself that's certainly not our point point is you know Marietta got two big wins. How did St. Thomas look? How did Hope look? Birmingham Southern and the rest that were out there playing. We'll get Ryan's take on that coming up in a bit. Um, we'll also uh, kind of take another change in our show. Uh, you're, you may be used to hearing from uh, four or five guests per show. We're trying to knock that out a little bit. Um, it's overzealous. It always puts us into overtime. Don't know if that's entirely fair to everybody. So in the early parts of the season, we're going to dial it back, as it were, and see how it works. As a result, we have three additional guests outside of Ryan. We will hear from Darren Trevilian, the head coach at Maryville. We usually talk to Maryville Scott's women's basketball near the end of the season, like middle to end of the season, for whatever reason. I don't know why. It just works out that way. Um, well, we're going to take a little stab at, at, at talking to the Scots in the early part of the season this time um, and get their take. They're, they split the coaches poll in the USA uh, South in their division, tied with Piedmont for the top of the women's side. We'll talk to Darren about what he thinks will happen before they get into conference play and how his team has started the first um, five days of the, of the season. Then we'll switch into some men's basketball, staying in the South, coincidentally enough, not, not by design necessarily, just happened to work out that way. We'll talk to Tom Palumbo, head coach of the Guilford men's basketball team. Guilford, a 18th-ranked preseason top 25 team, picked to win the ODAC. That said, Randolph-Macon got a huge win this weekend. That's part of the bigger story we'll talk about in a moment. Randolph-Macon dismantled Ramapo, which surprised many. To quote the person I asked what happened in at, at the uh, tournament in Marymount, the quote back to me was, Macon put on a clinic, and in the score was worse than it ended up being at the end once subs got in. Uh, so what do we make of the ODAC? 
Obviously, we haven't gotten into play, but you know, could the ODAC be maybe reemerging? It's too early to say that. Way too early. But Guilford is the top dog, and we'll hear from Tom Palumbo. On top of the fact, and, and if you listen to the preseason podcast, you heard me talk about this. Tom was one of the finalists for the Washington and Lee job, also in the ODAC. He already knew what was coming, and that was that he was going to be um I don't I don't know the right way of saying this, but basically his job assignment was going to be restricted to just basketball. He had been the AD at Guilford, as well as the men's basketball coach in that dual role that we see in a lot of places, um, especially uh, somewhere in my area, like DeSales and Juniata and elsewhere. There's some out in the, in the central part of the country as well. Anyway, Guilford decided to move away from that. There's a lot of behind the scenes for why that happened. We're not going to get into that on this show. But I do want to talk to Tom about what's it like now that basically his only focus is men's basketball. That's not entirely true, I realize, but for the most part, his only responsibilities is men's basketball. And I do wonder if that will maybe enhance things. We'll talk to Tom about the change of scenery and what intrigued him so much about the WNL job, if he feels like talking about it. But really, because it's in the conference, I find that fascinating. Uh, And then we'll head out to Indiana. And we'll go to the number four ranked men's basketball team and talk to Hanover head coach John Miller about his Panthers squad, fourth ranked in the country. I know when I looked at him, I felt like, geez, this feels too high, but I didn't have a lot of reasons why I shouldn't rank him high. They have a preseason All-American first teamer. So we'll talk to John Miller about his team. That's all I had on the show. Should wrap it up in a tidy two hours. We may even try and get in some extra things from you. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, et cetera, we'll certainly try and go through them. Um, I got a chance to see Christopher Newport women's basketball on Friday night. If anybody tuned into the McDaniel tip-off tournament out at McDaniel College, I called Friday night's women's games. Holy cow is the best I can describe Christopher Newport. Um, they are without three of their better players. And that's no secret right now due to injury. So they're relying on a lot of youth, a lot of sophomores played on Friday night against St. John Fisher women's basketball, and it was phenomenal. And I said it throughout the broadcast that St. John Fisher was playing good basketball. Yes, they had a lot of turnovers. Those were being forced by the defense. But once they broke the press, they were scoring at will. They were smart about it. Robinson inside for St. John Fisher is incredible. I love her play, uh, especially against Christopher Newport, where she clearly was challenged, um, but she certainly did not give up. And so I liked what I saw from St. John Fisher under a brand-new head coach, but I was blown away with what I saw under Bill Broderick and the captains of Christopher Newport. They deserve that number two ranking, folks, by a lot. Um, So it it, it just kind of reminded me that this opening week's really when we get to see things that we are unsure of. The crazy thing to all of that is we we saw some crazy results around the country. Some of the in women's basketball alone, two storylines that jumped out at me blew my mind. Rochester came from behind, number 21 ranked team in the country, to beat the number five ranked team, Thomas Moore, 61-58. Now, interestingly enough, we thought about having Rochester's women's team on this show today. <laughs> And decided to hold off on him. Would have been perfect timing. But do you know the last time the Saints women's basketball team lost a non-conference game? Or 
I mean, think it's really, it's been like five years. Actually, I think it's the last time they lost. I think that's how it is. Yeah. Um, ended a regular season winning streak that goes back almost five years. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, regular season, non-con or conference game. Thomas More Saints haven't lost a, a regular season game in almost five in over five years. It's incredible. And this is a Thomas More team that me talking to a few people, they think it's the best team in the country. And I'm not saying they aren't darn good. But wow, didn't see that coming. Now, granted, Rochester is really, really good. But Thomas More is supposed to be a, a, a cut above. So pretty impressive for by Rochester there to win that one. Last time Thomas Moore lost a regular season game came on November 23rd, 2012, when they lost in overtime to Calvin. That's 97 straight regular season games, not counting the games they vacated during the 2014-15 season. If you added those games in, I think the total would go up by 26 or 7, I believe. So 97 regular season game winning streak. Subtract the number that didn't count, which their, their win streak would have been about 123, 124. That came to an end. That's, that's insane. Bowden then beat St. Thomas, number four team in the country, by 12. This all happened on, on Saturday night. And then what, Wisconsin Lutheran, Defeated the Bears of Washu 63-50. George Fox upended Trinity of Texas 65-61 in a game that lived absolutely up to its billing. Number 13, Hope, got past Rose Holman in a in a nail-biter. I think that, that tells people the HCAC may be a little bit better than many expected. And then another top 25 battle, Chicago and Illinois Wesleyan. Chicago ended up winning, I'm sorry, Illinois Wesleyan ended up winning 75-56, which was pretty surprising in just that score. And then another game of really good teams, Messiah and Geneseo played, and Messiah ended up winning by 12. That's just on the women's side of things. On the men's side, we told you Randolph-Macon rolled over Ramapo 75-61 in a game that wasn't that close, to be honest with you. Apparently, Ramapo struggled shooting 33% from the floor, going 20 of 60, and 1 for 13 from beyond the arc, while Randolph-Macon's bench scored 43 points. <laughs> Sick. Wash U beat Tufts in a top-10 battle, 98-94. That's outstanding. I love when teams get together to play these games. And St. John Fisher men's basketball team is probably going to be pretty good. But they took their lumps this weekend. They lost to Hope on Saturday, 97-86. And I, did they go on to lose today? I'm actually forgetting <laughs> what they did today. I apologize to everybody out there who's like, oh, what do you mean? Um, I can easily find it. That's the Or not yes today. I meant Friday. I apologize. Uh, St. John Fisher actually beat Birmingham Southern. That's right. I totally forgot. So they went one and one. But they took their lumps to Hope. And, of course, Hope um, on Friday uh, lost to Marietta 102-71. 102-71. Marietta beat Hope 102-71. And then Marietta went on on Saturday to beat Thomas St. Thomas 85-83 in overtime. 
Those are the kinds of results as a top 25 voter you come back and go, gosh darn it, can't you make it any easier? Whitman had an easy game against Waynesburg. No surprise there. They then had an easy game against Gallaudet. No surprise there. Augustana beat Calvin on 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 Friday by 11 um, and then beat Alma by 12. Williams beat Salem State. No surprise there. Hanover had an easy start as well um, before narrowly getting past Otterbein yesterday by three. Um, Middlebury had an easy start with a win over Fitchburg State, 111-72. They then beat Wentworth today, so no surprises there. We mentioned the good start for WashU. That included a win over Wabash on Friday. River Falls lost to Baldwin-Wallace. There's a lot of people talking Baldwin-Wallace this season. I bought into that a couple years ago, and this year I decided to wait on it. Well, beating River Falls certainly helped. Um, the preseason All-American selection for River Falls, Alex Henrik, played 31 minutes, scored 26 points. Had six rebounds, shot seven of 18 from the floor, two for five for deep, and 10 for 12 from the free throw line, and it wasn't enough for River Falls, who unfortunately went and lost that game. St. John's had a strong start with a win over St. Scholastica and then got a narrow victory over St. Cloud State. Wartburg won, Lycoming won, Scranton won. No surprises in a lot of those games. Um... Really, to be honest, more of these kind of came from other places. Stevenson got a win over Washington and Jefferson, 80-65. to That might be a sign that Stevenson is maybe slowly re-entering the conversation. I actually saw uh, their head coach today at a game I was at, and uh, he certainly looked pleased. He's happy with his squad, which is good to see. He flashed forward to Saturday in the, on the men's side and ran off making, uh, as we mentioned, they had beaten Ramapo. They went on today, did Randolph-Macon, and I need to double-check. I'm quite sure they won today's game, but it's one of those where... Oh, no, that was that was the... Uh, was that not the title game? No, no, there it is. They beat Geneseo 63-47 in a very different game than they took on against Ramapo. Babson got a win over Worcester State. No surprise, though, doubling them up, I think, is a little bit surprising. Uh, Middlebury beat Wentworth, as we mentioned. At least River Falls got back in it, but they had to use overtime to get past DePaul, so at least River Falls got a win this weekend. Whitewater won. North Central lost to Heidelberg in double overtime. That will certainly have a lot of people scratching their heads a little bit. Um, Looking at the stats, Heidelberg shot 47% from the floor and 36% from deep, while... North Central didn't shoot bad, 42.5% from the floor and 39%. Uh, they got out rebound and they out rebounded Heidelberg 50 to 34. So that's one of those, huh, games. Maybe Heidelberg is somebody we should be watching. They flipped the halves. North Central won the first half 37-34. Heidelberg won the second half 37-34. And then Heidelberg outscored North Central in the second overtime, 19-14. So an interesting development there. I think that's going to have a lot of people scratching their heads a little bit. We told you Marietta barely got past St. Thomas. Uh, Christopher Newport barely got past Catholic last night. I was watching that game until the stream ended it at the very last moment. Catholic had a chance to take the lead with less than 10 seconds left, and I'm not sure who the player was, but unfortunately on his spin move in the lane traveled. I saw it on the video. I was glad the officials saw it the same way, only because it made me feel better watching it that I didn't see something strange. Uh, They traded some free throws because Christopher Newport survived that. Catholic had the lead on that game at halftime. 
That was a 42-29 Catholic lead at halftime. Christopher Newport outscored Catholic 51-36 in the second half to win that. And that's a game that McFarland is still out and Carter is banged up. Christopher Newport's got Salisbury ahead of him in conference play. It's going to be interesting in, in just the next week or so. Uh, Claremont Mud Scripps lost to Platteville, and it wasn't close. What was really interesting this weekend, and I got to check this Saturday game for Claremont Mud Scripps, was that their preseason All-American did not play. Don't know why, but he did not play. But they lost to Platteville, and I think they lost somewhere else. Yeah, they lost to Whitewater 82-66, and neither team, Whitewater nor Claremont Mud Scripps, played their preseason All-Americans. So, again, one of those oddities, Claremont Mud Scripps off to a rough start, but their best players not playing. Guilford did lose today to Concordia of Texas. Around Friday, I should say, they lost to Concordia of Texas. They then got back on the winning streak by beating Huntington today, or Saturday, 90-63. I'm getting my whole weekend screwed up here. It is Sunday, right? Hope then beat St. John Fisher, as we pointed out. St. John's won. We continue to point that out. Lycoming continues to win. Got 108 points. Not sure what to make of Lycoming, to be to be blunt. Talked about them today with some people. Not sure what to make of them. They're a very good team, but they don't seem to be deep or, or, or you know can go long into a season. So I don't know what to make of them. Scranton lost to York by 14 today. The number 24 team in the country lost to York. York, I know, is good. York outscored Scranton 50-41 to in the first half. Then it slowed everything down and beat them by another five in the second to win by 14. York shot 52.5% from the field, 50% from beyond the arc, 11 for 22. While Scranton shot a respectable 42%, but shot 8 for 28 from deep and shot 61% from the free throw line, 14 of 23, and got out-rebounded by 12. That's going to be a, a thank goodness we do not vote tomorrow in the top 25. We have another week to figure these things out. So a lot of interesting results, and those are just the top 25 results. There's plenty more we can talk about around Division Three on what's going on with what was an absolutely crazy, crazy weekend in Division Three basketball. And I, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't expect really good basketball. We should. But it is also kind of strange when you see it across the country results. The Scranton loss, the North Central loss, you know, Claremont Mud Scripps losing two, not playing. It gets really fascinating. And, and the parity on the men's side is deeper. And maybe we're starting to see the parity on the women's side start to take a, a larger step. Certainly fascinating watch. Going to take a break. When we come back, Ryan Scott will join us. He'll break down what he saw at Marietta, as I said. And then we'll try and maybe get his, his point of view on some other things that might have taken place as well. Again, if you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. When we come back, Ryan Scott talks about the Great Lakes Invitational and more. You listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. 
great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I did. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. As always, you can interact with us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville is the other way you can interact with us. Again, we're a video broadcast for, for or a non-video broadcast for, the, for right now. We hope by next Sunday, right after Thanksgiving, that we will be back up and running on our video streaming Stay for the end of the show too. We have some uh, alternate or some some twists with the schedule coming up. The month of December is a cornucopia of uh, Division three sports for me, and that affects the Hoopsville schedule a little bit, or at least what you should expect from the Hoopsville shows. Uh, so stick around to the end of the show. We will have an update on what you can expect over the next few weeks. So we talked about the craziness that is uh, the opening five days of the Division three tournament and in, in, in the last tournament in the season in the last. Um, Three days alone, certainly plenty to look at. One of the things you certainly got to see uh, the D3 showcase was in Marietta, Ohio at the Great Lakes Invitational, the inaugural event. Uh, we should point out, by the way, next year's event is off to hope for a four-team tournament. We can close out the segment talking about that. But joining me on the Hoopsville Hotline is the man who saw it all in front of him. It is our own Ryan Scott from D3Hoops.com. Ryan, thanks for taking the time, sir. Oh, i got to hit this button. Ryan, thanks for taking the time, sir. Oh, thanks for having me, Dave. Good to be back for another year of Hoopsville. I appreciate you taking the time, especially considering you you drove back. I believe it was today. Um, yeah, from that invitational that that is a that can be a very pretty drive, but with the weather the way it was, that must have been a little bit of a challenging drive as well. Well, the drive was fine. There was uh, I think it was last night they got some snow up in the mountains above Frostburg up there, so it was a pretty drive on the way back, but the roads were fine. Oh, okay. Um, so you got to see some interesting results. I certainly took in as much as I could, especially score wise. I'm not overly, I would say I'm not overly shocked at some of the results. Um, I think some of them kind of went the way I expected. I do think that Thomas St. Thomas playing up to Marietta today was a little bit more surprising. I thought maybe Marietta considering what they did yesterday 
would handle them a little bit more. And I'm a little surprised that St. John Fisher struggled against Hope as much as they did. But I'm out here looking at scores and box scores and catching a little video here and there. You, it was in front of you. How? What did you? What was your take on the whole weekend? Um, well, I mean, it was obviously it's early in the season, so there's clearly teams that were even getting better through the course of the two games while we were out there. Um, but I think the biggest story for me was the the programs that we had the biggest question marks about seemed to answer them um, really well, and that being St. Thomas and Hope are two sort of name programs we have in Division Three that lost a lot of production coming into this year and um you know there's a reason that they're they're named programs because they're those young guys uh grew up in a hurry on both cases and they they really showcased some some great teams uh this weekend yeah definitely got a nice crop of teams there and and, uh, and the interesting thing about this term we talked to ryan last week was that it, it, he keys on making sure there's at least four Great Lakes teams in this, and then there's four from outside the area, which is obviously different than anybody who knows the Hoopsville Classic a bit. Um, but his idea is he's all about the Great Lakes. He wants these teams to succeed, and he got a chance. So Birmingham Southern, St. Thomas, uh, St. John Fisher, and I'm missing the fourth. Dickinson. Out- Dickinson, the fourth outlier. Thank you, sir. Any team, and this might be the we'll start with the easy one. Which team maybe surprised you the most? Um, man, who surprised me the most? Well, I mean, it might be a little unconventional. Wittenberg um, was was probably the team that performed the most different from what I expected, I guess. So that's the biggest surprise. They are loaded with freshmen and sophomores. Um, may not make as big a splash this year as, as, as they'd like, although I think they can contend in that NCAC. But uh, the next two years, that team is just loaded with talent, and they are going to be really good. They are very impressive. What team then maybe stood out? I mean, obviously Marietta winning both of their games. It seems like they're the one who stands out as the the best of this group. And I and I hate to belittle anybody else in that in that way. But what team stood out to you? Going okay, you know what? They're the team coming out of this that is going to be the one to watch all season. While the rest of them are going to be good, they're the ones who are going to be maybe make the most waves. Um, I, I I may put it a different way, okay. but the the team that seems to have the highest ceiling, oh, okay. I think, came out of that was St. Thomas. Um, people may not understand what what is happening there. St. Thomas was missing four of their top six players coming into this weekend. Well, they were missing three coming into this weekend. The uh, John Vale starting point guard tweaked his back in warmups on Friday night oh. and told uh, Johnny Tower, the coach. Eight minutes before the game, I can't go, Coach. Oh. I'm done. So he started uh, uh, a guy at point guard. Let me make sure I got the name right here. Um, who basically had never started uh, a game before okay. and was not expecting to start at point guard. So G.T. Johnson, he's a junior. Um, and so they started out that game on Friday night uh, with eight out of the ten players having never played a minute of college basketball before. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. And, and they so ended then, up playing pretty well. Yeah, they, they played, I would say they played an average game on Friday night. But Saturday when they had to come out against Marietta, um, well, we all thought it was going to be a blowout the way Marietta had played Friday. And those young guys stepped up like you would not believe. And uh, the, big, the big veteran was Ryan Bull, who went for 39 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, with no turnovers in 43 minutes of play. Wow. Um, and kept them in that game single-handedly. I mean, I, I it, uh, Coach Vanderwall Marietta said after the game it was it was one of the greatest performances he's ever seen in that building. 
Um, I can't think of an individual performance I've ever witnessed that was more impressive than what he did. I mean, just put the whole team on his back. Um, and uh, they said he only made one three-pointer last year. He went four for four <laughs> yesterday. And uh, they were, the game plan for Marietta was to keep him out of the paint, and he just yep. started taking jumpers. It <laughs> and worked. <hit> them all. <laughs> it, it worked very well. Uh, so that's the team that I think once they start getting these injured guys back um, and with the young guys who continue to grow. I mean, you know, St. Thomas doesn't play freshmen and sophomores. They just right. don't do it. Right. And they, they were playing freshmen and sophomores all over the place. Hmm. And uh, I think it's down the, down the road. They could be a very, very good team by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see how that turns out. I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, sometimes this early part of the season, they've had a lot of practices, but they haven't had a lot of real testing games, and you don't really know what's going to work and what's not going to work. You don't know who's going to step up and who's, you know, who's who's all of a sudden somebody you can go to, and that's what's fascinating. And a lot of these teams figure it out against some really good opponents, and you saw that this weekend. Yeah, and I think Hope was a lot the same way. Their, their point guard, Dante Hawkins, went down with a wrist injury, you know, three or four minutes into their opening game. And they had to bring in Danny Beckman, a true, you know, freshman yeah. uh, to, to run that point. And they were a little lost and Marietta was on their game and, and they got really creamed. But the next night they came out against uh, St. John Fisher, another good team and uh, were able to sort of put it together. And you could see their young players growing as well. And I think they're a strong squad. Hope ended up being almost like the default preseason pick in the coaches polls if you at least read those who are close enough to hope in their words on it i think or really close to the miaa i think a lot of people feel the top of the miaa has taken has come back a little bit towards the middle it's still good it's still gonna be a very fascinating conference to watch but i think that no one was really sure what to make of hope along with calvin and alma and and the rest and even trying i i think they look at hope and go okay you lost a lot of really good talent. What are you going to be? Are, are they going to be a team that currently not ranked is going to be in this conversation? Or is this maybe one of those seasons where we see a little bit of a, a lower level from a lot of these MIA squads and, and not really in the conversation? I'm really not sure. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if you pointed out the MIA lot went 0 for 7 yeah. on opening night. I uh, forgot to mention that. You're right. Thank they, you. Yeah. They, they all lost pretty much. Yep. Um, Hope, again, was young. Um, it, it does appear, we don't know for sure, that Dante Hawkins will be back at some point, probably before conference play, they're hoping. Um, so that will really be a big help. He's really the only experienced player that they've got, other than Jason Beckman, who's the transfer coming in this year, who's an incredible shooter and uh, really helped stabilize them while they were out there. But I think Hope can put something together. I mean, I, I, it's a strong team. I'm certainly going to consider them for the top 25 the next time we go Um you know, they, they were impressive, especially the growth they had from one game to the next and the way their roles had to change. Um, any team in this group that maybe surprised you, I hate to say the term, wasn't ready for prime time? And I'm not trying to lower anybody. I think there's certain expectations for everybody, but maybe that's it. You expected maybe X and you didn't get it. Well, I, I don't have to be the one to say it because they and their staff were saying it the whole weekend was Mount St. Joseph. Yeah, um, yeah. Mount St. Joseph brings a, a lot of seniors back. They yeah. were a very good team last year. They have high expectations for this year, and they did not play the way they wanted to this weekend. Mm. Um, you know, some of that, they, they don't have the size that some of the other teams do, which sure. is a disadvantage, especially this weekend when every team except them pretty much had uh, a lot of big guys. Um, but they just, you know, they weren't playing defense the way they wanted to. They were committing turnovers that a senior-laden team shouldn't. 
and they were the first ones to say that they just they just did not play the way that they expected to play this weekend. Yeah, that's disappointing. But you're right. They're the, they're then in, in this HCAC mix that's gotten fascinating over the last couple of years. I expect Transylvania probably to be back in that mix. You never know about Rose Holman. But Mount St. Joseph had had really been playing well the last couple of years, and you're right with this senior group. I think a lot of people had high expectations. Uh, of course, Birmingham Southern, I think, is kind of in a in a young stage. Not surprised by their results necessarily. I think I was really surprised that Marietta has bounced back as quickly as they have. Ryan, they lost AJ Edwards. Um, Keith Richardson is out as of right now. We're not sure if if and when he'll come back. Um, they lost some other really good talent. I I mean I don't. I wrote them in my top 25. I expect them to, and Coach Van Vanderwall to have a good squad. I just didn't know what to make of them. And when I saw the opening night score, I kind of shook my head. Yeah, well, I mean, you were at Hoopsville last year when they destroyed Christopher Newport right. in that opening night. That's right. And it was exactly the same feeling. <laughs> I mean, they were doing the same. They were hitting every shot. They were getting their pressure defenses. The traps were working. They were running like crazy. They'd bring in a new wave of five guys who'd be better than the ones before them. Yeah. It was the end of the game, you know, when they're up by 30 and they bring in the 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 they called it the gray team, the, the third group yeah. off the bench. And there's the guys pulling up for 25 foot shots and sinking them, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it was just embarrassing, uh, embarrassment of riches that they had there. They do have a couple of big transfers. Um, Vanderwall was trying to keep it under wraps, but Avery Williams is, is a junior. He's a transfer six, seven. Um, he's going to take AJ Edwards place. And uh, other than, Saturday when he was having a little bit of big game jitters. Um, I mean, he is a big, strong, athletic uh, guy, good defender. He can defend the perimeter as well as the post. And, uh, I mean, I think he's he's going to admirably fill A.J. Edwards' shoes, so they're not going to miss a beat there at all. I was going to say it's the um, it's the the transfers and, and other players that I think have turned a lot of heads for Marietta on who they were able to get in there. And, and I looked forward to seeing how they would perform. And I think yeah, we saw him dismantle Christopher Newport last year, but I think we expected Marietta to be as good as they were in that game. I don't think we expected them to be as good this year, um, and they said otherwise in the opening game. Now, Marietta's problem last year was they almost felt like they peaked twice. Uh, they peaked right before Christmas and then kind of fell off, and they peaked again near the end of the season. Hopefully they don't go through a lull uh, like we saw last year, but uh, there's a lot to be played. Um, anything else before we leave the Great Lakes and I quickly get your point uh, of view elsewhere, anything else that stood out, out at you at the Great Lakes Invitational? Um, I, I mean, just, uh, I, St. John Fisher was one I was a little skeptical of having lost Egan Ryan last year, all American yeah. center. They're having, you know, and a new coach as well. They're kind of having to change, not the way they play, but, but, you know, they're not, they don't have a big guy to throw into anymore. They got, right. You know, 10 or 12 guys were all basically about the same size and skill level, and uh, they were very impressive. Um, deep team, real fast, good with the basketball. Um, you know, it's the kind of team and style that you may have a few games that you lose just, you know, by virtue of, of hitting somebody on a good night or having an off night yeah. yourself. But uh, it's a stronger team than I thought, and I think them and Hope, St. Thomas and Marietta are four teams that should should get top 25 consideration, at least at this point in the year. Fascinating. Uh, on the women's side, I said it already. I thought St. John Fisher was a pretty good team. It just ran into a juggernaut in Christopher Newport, a team we're going to be talking about out of, out of the Empire 8 in the East region as well. So it's good to see that the Cardinals, who both went through coaching changes, uh, the women's coach resigning suddenly and no one really knows why, and the men's coach who decided to resign 
for good reason, uh, and put his assistant his assistant coach basically got put into the uh, interim role or the head coach. They didn't even put an interim on him. Um, Ryan, let me switch gears before I let you go on the national scale of things. Uh, again, an interesting start to the to the season. I think Wednesday should have been our clue when we saw two top twenty five women's teams lose in Mary Washington and Marymount. Uh, it continued you know, on both sides. Um, you know, Scranton lost. Christopher Newport barely survived on the men's side. North Central lost in double overtime to Heidelberg. A lot of craziness. I know I'm almost weary of saying what stood out at you because I think a lot probably stood out. But what are your thoughts to the opening five days of the season? Well, I don't know if you saw it this afternoon. Oh. Endicott went to Babson and won. I did miss that because I hadn't gotten um, that far in my sheet. So I got in. <laughs> I drove back. I got home. Oh, there it is. The computer up. The first thing I see is this Endicott 90, Babson 80. And that threw me for a loop because Endicott graduated seven seniors last year from their tournament team. And, you know, that's that's sort of my home conference. And I didn't even know anything about them because I just expected them to be rebuilding. Um, But this is a team full of freshmen and sophomores, one of whom apparently hit 10 three-pointers at Babson today. Um, So that was uh, a pretty big surprise to see when I got back from the trip today. No, good point. I had totally forgotten (laughs) about that game. I knew Christopher Newport had beaten Wilmington today, but I had forgotten about the Endicott game. Of course, Endicott's been active on uh, Twitter today, and that should have been my reminder, but I had forgotten. But, yeah, so Babson takes um, a a loss. They're going to lose their first-place votes, but we wait a week for that. Um, I I guess I'm a little surprised by that because, as you said, Endicott lost so much. That on it's paper, all freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. I think they have one junior. Uh, I, I did a kind of a deep dive on their roster after seeing that this afternoon, so I'd have something to talk about. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that was that was a little bit surprising. Huh. And then the other, um, there's there's uh, two yeah. others. Huh. Babson just, shot well and out rebounded Endicott. I mean, that's just there's they have nothing about turnovers, which is uh, right. very uncharacteristic for yeah. them. And seven but, were Bradley Jacks, who also had 28 points on 11 of 17 shooting. So well, and that's. That's going to be their Achilles heel. I was going to say. Is a, yeah. He's a great post player, and I'm sure that's what they were doing. He had, they had the size yeah. advantage, and they were bringing it into him, but he does have some ball control issues. Yep. So, Yeah, live by it, die by it, as they say. Uh, anything else, sir? I was just going to say two teams you may be a little farther down that I, caught my attention. Johns Hopkins um, yes. didn't play super high opponents, but got three wins this week, Marymount, and then at Laterno, or I guess it's at Rhodes, but they beat Laterno and Rhodes. Uh, in a tournament down there. Yeah. And then the other one to keep on the radar, out in the middle of nowhere, Colorado College um, got a couple of wins this weekend uh, against uh, Wisconsin State Schools. And uh, I think they've got a pretty decent squad from the SCAC that uh, might be one to check out. Yeah, they're the ones that are hardest to read. And not because of the location, but but because of who they end up playing. Sometimes it's hard to figure out. There's sometimes they end up playing the Northwest teams like as if they're in their conference. I remember one year they played Whitworth like twice in the opening like three weeks of the season. Well, they are playing Whitman <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Yes, so there you go. Give us a, a good uh, <laughs> look into what might be happening. So. Uh, at least they'll have a dance partner out there sometime soon, as Johnson and Wales of of Denver will eventually be joining Division Three. So at least we'll have some dance partner out there for them. But well, Ryan, I appreciate you taking the time, sir. Uh, I know you're probably a little weary from the travel. Uh, now you and I both can say we've been to Marietta. Um, a quaint little college town and right there on the Ohio River. And uh, you at least made it back, sir, and I appreciate you taking the time to join me. Any final thoughts before we let you go? No, just to say Marietta is a wonderful host, as you know. Um, the atmosphere in that place is one of the best that I've, I've ever seen. And, and last night's final game 
it felt like a sectional weekend. I oh, mean, cool. the the teams were going at each other. The crowd was going nuts. They got a, a DJ in the place, yeah. you know, uh, making everything go wild. And St. Thomas brought enough people that they were vocal. So that was it was a really cool uh, environment and great hospitality out there and, and really excited uh, that I had the chance to do that. Awesome. I'm glad you got a chance to go out there, too. It is a great place, especially when Marietta is playing. I've been out there when Marietta is not, and it's empty. It's a very different sensation. But uh, Well, thanks, sir. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know we'll catch up soon, but in the meantime, I'll officially say happy Thanksgiving and take care. You as well. Thank you, sir. Ryan Scott joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Uh, by the way, we know we've crossed a, a bit of a bridge in the show's history when you start noticing that people are tuning in and now quoting you on the show. I want to thank my friend Justin, who listened to my comments about Transylvania in the HCAC, saying they might be back in the mix. Here's hoping I'm right there, Justin. Um, I hope they're back in the mix. I think they look on paper. I like what I've seen, but sometimes you just don't know. And then on the other side of things, talking about the MIAA, good friend of, uh, good friend of the program, Jeff, saying the MIAA is going to be wide open this year. I agree. I think it is going to be wide open. I just don't know what to make of the MIAA. And I cannot believe I forgot the Babson score in our recap of the crazy weekend. Endicott beating the defending champions 90-80 in a game that the box score just doesn't add up except for the turnovers part. I agree with Ryan. It, it That's just one of those that you scratch your head about. And, and you know, when I considered my preseason top 25, you know, Endicott was in the listing of teams. I'm like, no, they lost way too much. I'm not this can't, I can't realistically be having this conversation. That's a huge win for a young team. Uh, there's more teams in New England than people realize who have gotten better. This isn't just the NESCAC anymore. It's not just the NUMAC anymore. There are teams in the Little East. There are teams in the Triple C. There are teams everywhere that now are competitive at a higher level. And I think the Endicotts have proven that. I think Nichols will prove that this year. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch the Northeast, but at the same time, might be a real headache. Going to take another break. We come back, we'll head south and switch into some women's basketball and talk to the head coach of the Scots of Maryville. Darren Trevelyan will join us here on the Hoopsville show to talk about his team. You're watching Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that. A lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
from eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Hope you're enjoying the show. Um, thanks to Ryan Scott for joining me there. Uh, good to hear his take on things everywhere. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Switch gears and go into uh, the women. By the way, I know there's some people who have been messaging me. Thank you very much. I will get to your messages. Um, haven't had a chance to get to some of them. We will get to them uh, nonetheless, as it were. Um, so some of these guests, especially early in the season, you kind of you try to read the tea leaves, trying to figure things out. I may have mentioned earlier that Rochester women got the big win over Thomas Moore. They were on my short list of a guest this week, but I said, you know what? You know, we talked to Nancy Fay from the UAA and Randy Henderson now at WashU earlier in the in the preseason podcast. Let's give the UAA a little bit of a break. We'll talk to Rochester, I'm sure, at some point. We also just talked to a women's committee chair. We don't need to talk to another women's committee member, so we'll wait. So we looked around. We said, you know, one team that's certainly in the conversation a lot in the USA South, it's Maryville, Tennessee. Um, the Scots are always a very good team. Darren Trevelyan, we always get on, but we always get them on near the end of the season. How about we change things up and get them on at the beginning of the season? Well, unfortunately, they went 0-2. That's sometimes how these things just break down. It's not designed. It just happens. But being a good sport, which I certainly appreciate, Darren's still willing to come on the show. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, the head coach of the Scots of Maryville, Darren Trevelyan, coach, thanks for joining me on Hoopsville, and welcome to the show in November. 
<laughs> Thanks, man. It's kind of a kind of a twist here to be on early yeah, in the season. I know. I looked at it and I'm like, geez, I always have them on in February. I think we got to break this thing up a little bit. <laughs> um, unfortunately, rough start to the season. Lost to Sewanee uh, at center. You're at Center College, is what we should say at a tournament. You lost to Sewanee, 66-59. Right. Then you lost to the host, uh, 86-76 on Saturday. So I'm sure the the ride home today was a little rough. This is a program that hasn't lost less than 20 games since 2012. Hasn't lost less than, than um, really hasn't come close to 500 since 2008. 0-2 start isn't necessarily in the cards, as it were. You were picked <laughs> You were picked to finish on top of the year end of the conference. Is this just a blip on the radar, or did you see this coming in some degree? <laughs> yeah, loaded. Wow. Really loaded it yeah, up, right. just no, set no, it in front of you. You're really bringing the heat right off the bat. Um, well, first of all, I was a little afraid this was going to be like the Sports Illustrated cover jinx, you know, like to do this thing in November was going to. So we're, we're, we won't. Maybe it's that. I'll tribute to that. We don't now, need to talk um, about the hoops jinx, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Um, well, I mean, to to be honest, you know, I think that uh, both teams, both teams that we played this weekend, I thought played really, really well. Um, you know, I want to give all the credit in the world to those two programs. I, I don't want to take anything away from either team, and I, I will say I think. This is the best center team we've seen in, in a few years. Um, I think that they are playing harder and flying around more than anybody's seen. So I think they're going to really do well in their conference. I'm I'm pulling for them like you wouldn't believe. Is I'm pulling for Swanee to both have great years for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but um, on our end of it, I mean, we are in a we're in a really interesting situation for the first time. And, and when I say first time, we've never had a two game losing streak since I've been there. That's insane. And so we're, we're first of all trying to wrap our head around that. Um, and we obviously have never started 0-2, you know, never had a losing streak. So the, those are different things. For us right now, we have a really weird situation where we have we have five seniors, which is great, right. and we have five freshmen. Yeah, um, okay. We we have two sophomores that are healthy. So that that's our roster right now. And so trying to bridge those pieces is, is a work in progress. Um, you, know, you're, you know, you're teaching one group – literally how to go through pregame and then you're trying to get the other group ready to compete at this high level. And so, I mean, we're, we're a work in progress. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. And you know, I, would I have picked us first in our conference? No, um, <laughs> you I didn't. Mean, it's always flattering that we, people do, but I wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, so I saw a little bit of it coming, but at the same time, of course, you're hoping to go up there and get a win, maybe get two if you're lucky. And unfortunately we were on the wrong side of both, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Sure. Um, it's nice. I can understand why you want now center and Swanee to have good seasons. It helps SOS. It helps results versus regionally ranked. Should they be ranked? So yeah, I can. You. It's amazing how many coaches who lose a game turn into that team's biggest <laughs> cheerleaders, uh, darn quickly. Uh, you'll get a chance uh, to try and get back on the into the swing of things. Um, you'll be heading to, I, I believe, Transylvania um, right. to play Westminster of Missouri coming up on, is that Saturday or Friday? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, okay. We'll play Saturday. And then you'll play obviously the, whatever the results is on Sunday. Uh, then right. you have Brevard coming up. Is it Brevard or Brevard? Brevard. Uh, thank you. See, they yeah. enter the count, they enter division three, but they don't give us the clue on how you say their name. It's, it's we need to work. <laughs> gotcha. We need to have them add that to the paperwork. Um, <laughs> so Brevard coming up and then you have Rhodes and Hendricks, that's all coming up literally in the next two weeks. Um, right. So you got a chance to kind of write this 0-2 ship, but how do you now turn to some seniors who you said haven't gone through a two-game losing streak and say, hey, no big deal? 
Right. Right. No, that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, I said to, to everybody yesterday, you know, like I'm trying to push the buttons, but I got to have the buttons to push, you know what I mean? And, and we're trying to figure out what those buttons are. Um, so, you know, today we, we got back and we, we got together. We looked at film as a group. We, we talked about some of the things that we're seeing. And, you know, right now, what is the most different thing about our team from any year past is the defensive end. And right now we're just, we're not guarding people. And we were good enough offensively to win yesterday, but we were now nowhere near good enough defensively to win. Mm. And so we've got to start defending the ball. we got to start rebounding the basketball. And so those are the things that we're going to get to work on starting tomorrow at practice. And, you know, you're going to break out all your old loose ball drills and get people diving on the floor. We're going to get after it in a shell drill. I mean, we're going to do all the things that we've always done, but we're going to try to, to try to do them at a higher level right now. Yeah, you look at the year, obviously it's two games. It's We're, we're early in this one, but you're at a minus six and a half when it comes to the rebounding uh, game. And, and do you, you know, that's certainly not where you want it to be, I know. Um, your assist to turnover ratios, 14 average assist a game to an 11 and a half. You still have, right. obviously, Lauren uh, Biltier is playing well. Libby Gardner is a, an underclassman playing well. Madison mm-hmm. Maples is playing well. And you've got that host of seniors who are certainly contributing. Right. Is it just one of those things that, you know what, it's early in the season, we got to kind of grin and bear it and, and figure this out? Um, there's there's no reason to hit the panic button, right? No, oh, no, no yeah. we're not going to panic. I mean, right. I, you know, I mean, we've – We've been through we've been through tough games. We we've, we've played through more injuries than than I would ever wish on my worst enemy. Like we we've had adversity of all varieties, and so there is no reason whatsoever for us to panic. There's no reason for anybody to turn in their season passes. Like we're going to be okay. Um, we're not we're not a very good basketball team today, but we're going to get better tomorrow. And you know this is a this is a different it's a different perspective. You know, for the first time in in my tenure, right now. We're not playing games in November, December, thinking about strength of schedule, and, and even though I joked about it earlier. We're, that's just not that's not where I am on our on our radar right now. What, what we're thinking about is how are we going to improve enough so that when we roll into the new year, we're ready to play in this conference and we're ready to, to do the things that, that we're used to doing as, as a Maribel standard. And that's a very different perspective. I'm going to be honest; it's one that I'm learning to have, but that's where we are in. No, it's different. It's it's a, every team is different. You got a different mix of personalities, and so then, you know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and not say that I need to change and be different too. And so I'm I'm going to be different, and we're gonna we're gonna look at things through a little different lens, and we're gonna look at things more, you know, uh, long term, and try to try to make sure that we're playing meaningful basketball in January, February. Not to bring up a tough subject, but it, there's no easy way to transition. In yeah. the right before school started. Um, or about when school started, I should say, you guys did lose a player in, right. in an unfortunate car accident. Brittany Johnson um, right. died in Cleveland, Tennessee, in a single car accident. She would have been a senior this year to go along with those five other seniors you have. Is right. is you've had plenty of time in the sense of days, weeks, months? But is that maybe underlying here too that the team is still kind of coming to grips with the fact that the one person who's been there for four years with this core? Isn't there right now? Yeah, I I would never in any way try to try to talk about the loss of Brittany as some sort of a crutch. Um, I don't sure. think any of our kids will. But I also think I'd be incredibly remiss if I didn't admit that there's an unbelievable void on our team, and sure. that there's there is an unbelievable amount of healing 
that we're trying to do. You know, something that I that I hadn't fully anticipated. I mean, you you never anticipate any of this. You know, it's funny oh, you talk sure. to your coaching buddies and and you know you talk about well, I've seen it all. You know, I've seen it all. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. And and until you you've experienced this loss, and I would again would never want any program to have to do this. You haven't seen it all, and and I promise you, I haven't. And so, as we've been going through this, what I what I hadn't fully anticipated, Dave, was that everything is a first. And what I mean is, this was the first picture day without Brittany. Ah, true. This was the first practice without Brittany. Mm. We. We had our first road trip without her, yeah. and we played our first game on Friday without her. Yeah. And there's, there are no words for it. You do your best to, to both be really candid and really open with your team, sure. to also be respectful of whatever you know, the struggles they're having. You want to listen. You want to help. But there's no roadmap, you know? And so we're, we're learning, and, and we're – trying to help each other. And, and, you know, Wendy at center is one of my really dear friends in this business. And she, she was one of the first people to reach out to me uh, when, when we lost Brittany and she and I have been in contact through throughout this preseason, knowing we were going to see each other in this game. And, and she was like, you know, she's like, you're dealing with so much more than X's and O's and getting ready to play a game that I don't think anybody can really understand it. And she's like, I think you got to just remember the wins and losses are really secondary. And, and she's right. She's one hundred percent right. And we're trying to be our best, but we're also we're also trying to heal, and, sure. and we're trying to do those things at the exact same time. And it's it's tricky. Yeah. No. And and I've unfortunately had to have these kinds of interviews on more an occasion than I want, especially in the last couple of right. years. We all know about the Geneseo right. stories, but at the same time, right. when it's off season, it's also a little bit more odd. You know, it's harder for yeah. us to grasp, if it were. And it's off season for the team. I don't know when you guys started school off the top of my head, but it was the very end of August, so the timing was even worse. Yeah. So and I'll tell you, our kids, our kids moved in. Our freshmen had moved in the Wednesday before. Gotcha. The returners had moved in the morning of, of Brittany's oh, accident. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, and you kind of know where she probably was headed. Um, yeah. yeah, that makes it tougher. So, I mean, at least you guys are in season. I know you're playing for Brittany. I, I know that it's a rough start to the season, but there's still 23 more games ahead. Sure. There's still conference playoffs ahead. You, you were picked by your conference to be at least a tie <laughs> for first place. Right. It's not physically yeah, right, possible when the tiebreakers, uh, with Pfeiffer, what do you expect of this conference this season with what's ahead? And it's getting bigger. And that'll yeah. be a topic for another day. Um, <laughs> but the conference is getting extremely large. Um, you yeah. have a lot of games to play. You are, I said Pfeiffer, I, I meant Piedmont. Um, right. You are going to be in this battle with Piedmont and others. I know you, right. I know conference doesn't start for a couple more weeks, but we're, you know, we might as well ask you now. What do you, what do you expect of this conference this season? Yeah, yeah. You know, on our half, there's no, there's no doubt Piedmont. Is, is they were my pick for the favorite, um, so you've got Piedmont. I would have picked this last, right? Piedmont, first. but uh, so you've got, so you've got, you know, you've got Piedmont. They bring back so many of their key players from a year ago and the experience of winning and all those things. Jamie's a great coach, so that you know they're they're in a great position there. Um, I think Huntington is really really good. Um, their post play is exceptional. Uh, I, I like them a lot. Um, you know, I think I think Covenant is going to be really good. Lagrange is there's some really good teams on our half. But you, you know, the other thing, Dave, is we're like two different leagues that come together in February and play a tournament. So 
you play your half. You never see the other half. Right. But I can tell you the best player in the league is at Ferrum and Zerkia Maddox. And so she's an All-American. Um, so you've got that half. Now, we play each other in a little crossover thing, so we do get a chance to, to see each other. Um, but that half of the league has some really good players. I mean, they, that, that team is really good. Averett is really good. William Peace a year ago made unbelievable strides. Greensboro is always really good. So there are some teams in the other half that can that can rattle the cage too. And so then you look at how does the tournament shake out. So, you know, off the top of my head, I think the other half, probably your best two teams are, are Ferrum and Averett. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I haven't seen Greensboro yet. I know Randy brought in a lot of players this year. They're going to be good. On our half, I've already talked about the teams there. So it's going to be really, really competitive. And I think tournament play is going to be really interesting and hosting and, and matchups. I mean, it just, yeah, it's going to be pretty compelling basketball. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated. Again, really large conference. Um, oh, granted, yeah. one yeah. more year with Farum before they depart, but you know, you, you right. add in Brevard, uh, Brevard, and you add in um, Berea, Berea, Pfeiffer, uh, Pfeiffer, yeah. and and who knows? There's another one that just said it. Uh, Bobby Bob Jones University just said, "Hey, we'd like to come into the D three two. And I'm like, "There's only one conference down there, son." Uh, it's called the USA. Uh-huh. We're really getting bigger than the South. Um, exactly. That's exactly so, right. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time, especially off the 0-2, oh, uh, and, and, yeah. and, and talking about the loss of, of Brittany as well. I, I wish the team sure. well, because I'm sure we're going to be talking about the Scots throughout the season. It's just, as you say, it's <laughs> a two-game losing streak. It's just mind-blogging that, that hasn't happened under under your watch. That, that's just part of basketball. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> thanks for taking the time, sir. Thanks, especially of on course. a Sunday evening in November. Yeah. I know it's a little strange for you. Uh, <laughs> if As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuning in? Yeah, you know, like, like I said, we're we're going to be fine. We're we're going to figure some things out. We're gonna we're going to compete. We're going to get after it in this league, and we'll. You know, we'll we'll see where we are at the end of it all. So I'm I'm in no way panicked, and and this uncharted water I think is going to be interesting for us, and we're going to find out we're going to find out new things about ourselves. And more than anything, I think it's going to be a great basketball season. I think D3 hoops is it's going to be a great year for you guys to cover us. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Um, there's some some really good matchups coming. I know here over the holiday tournaments to check out. And as always, I, I just appreciate everything you do, Dave. I appreciate you having me on your show as often as you do, even when we are 0 and 2. And I just, you know, again, I'm very, I'm very grateful for the work that you do. Mental note: Darren is willing to come on when they're 0 and 15. Very good. <laughs> 0 and 3, man, don't call oh, me. Okay. Do not call me. Okay, <laughs> okay gotcha. <laughs> two games, that's it. Okay, I got a two-game yeah. grace. Very good. Well, thank you for the kind <laughs> words, sir. Good luck to the team. Tell them my my thoughts are with them, uh, at least personally. But otherwise, good luck to the team the rest of the season. I look forward to. It. I I know we'll chat later, so I'll look forward to that opportunity when it comes. Sounds good. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we will be talking. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. Take care. All right, you too, Dave. Thanks, man. All right, see ya. Darren Trevillian joining us here uh, on the Hoopsville Hotline from Maryville. You talk about loss. I, on Friday, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, was at McDaniel calling. I'll be calling a, a number of games at McDaniel this season. I'm really looking forward to, to calling more games. Hint, hint, if anybody in the Mid-Atlantic region needs a play-by-play guy, I'm really looking forward to new games. Anyway, um, in the McDaniel game, one of the storylines was Hannah Ravenscroft, who's usually a bench player, on Wednesday, they had a game against York at York. That morning, her mother unfortunately died in a car accident in Virginia. So she left to be with her mother. Obviously, the team was shaken. They still played against York that evening, um, not to go into those particulars. She ended up coming back. She needed some normalcy rather quick because they played on Friday. 
She got into the second quarter and within a few seconds had stolen the ball and went in for a layup. She had five total steals um, that I saw. Um, she may have had more in, in the stats, but I saw five total steals. She nearly, on all five of those steals, nearly went coast-to-coast coast with a basket. She had one where she was fouled. She passed off on another, and I think the other two times she was fouled. She had the biggest grin on her face. She lost her mother on Wednesday in a horrible car accident. She had a mo- f- smile on her face on Friday playing the game of basketball. Sometimes it is, you live your life. So hats off to her, hats off to the McDaniel team, hats off to the Maryville team on top of that. And, of course, we always have our thoughts on the Geneseo team for the tragedies of the last two years. Going to take another break. When we come back, we will slide, I believe it's a little bit east and maybe south, uh, into North Carolina. We'll talk Guilford men's basketball. They also had a bumpy start to the season. We'll talk to them about how they think they will do, especially in the ODAC. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More after this. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Division III allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, which reminds me I should at least check in on the chat rooms 
and see if anybody has been chatting us up. Nobody so far, certainly not a big deal. You know how to get a hold of us, and we'll certainly do our best to answer questions when you need. So let's jump. We're staying south, certainly kind of not on purpose. In the beginning, you might know this show well enough to know that on uh, Sundays, normally during the season, we talk to the uh, northeast, the Atlantic, the south, and the uh, is it the central region. And then on Thursdays, we primarily talk to the east, the mid-Atlantic, Great Lakes, and west region with a little south thrown in. Well, we don't do that in the opening two months of the season because there's just a lot to talk about, and we're not always on every single Sunday and Thursday, so we mix it up. I Coincidentally enough, we have two South teams on the show today, uh, Guilford being the other one on men's basketball. Um, top 25 team in the preseason, top 25. They were picked by the ODAC uh, to be the their favorite, as it were, for the conference. Unfortunately, a little bit of a bumpy start. Got a win over Greensboro, basically walking down the street to play that game in, in at the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina. Uh, and then beat Texas Dallas. That was certainly a big win on Friday. Uh, and you know what? I'm not. I'm looking at the wrong schedule. I apologize. I was looking at last year's. They started with Greensboro, as I mentioned. They lost to Concordia, Texas, on Friday before beating Huntington. That's what I meant to say. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline to discuss that bumpy start by not only themselves but myself as well is Tom Palumbo, the head coach of the Guilford Quakers. Sir, welcome to Hoopsville. Oh, I forgot to hit the button. Welcome to Hoopsville. Hey, Dave. How you doing? Pretty good. I clearly need to get some more people into the studio to run my show, is is what we're finding out. As I get older, it's not getting easier. I understand all about that. I am sure you do, sir. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, again, the Greensboro game, where basically you guys can walk down the street to each other. Um, and then you had the weekend where you played Concordia, Texas, and Huntington. You lost Concordia by one in a thriller and then dismantled Huntington. Uh, expected is is that how you expected things to go? You told me off air that that Dex, Concordia definitely gave you guys a little bit of a, a wake up call. No, oh, they did. You know, we started the season going going over to uh, Greensboro it was a, a great atmosphere. Anytime we play at their place, you know, they have a little bit of a smaller gym, and obviously it's a rivalry game. And, and we hadn't been there in a few years, and, and none of the guys on our team had been in in that uh, in that environment, and that was. Uh, Certainly, an exciting way to, to start the season. We got down early in that game, and, and we're able to come back and win. And you know, you turn around two days later, and Concordia plays a little different style of basketball. Just with a their, bit. Uh, full court pressing <laughs> and trap. I think they averaged 96 points a game uh, last year and shot 50 percent from the field. So they, you know, they really feed off of turnovers and uh, accelerating the pace of the game, not letting you run any type of offense. Because they double team you all the time and and do those things. So you know, we had a. We had a big lead uh, in the second half. I think we, we, they only had 30 points with like uh, 12 minutes, 13 minutes left to go in the game. And then they really, uh, really went on a big run, got hot, made some shots, and forced us into some turnovers. We got a little tired down the stretch. Mm. And, you know, went back and forth the last two minutes, and we just couldn't couldn't make a play at the end. Sure. Um, and then, you know, we turned around and played Huntington. Uh, you know, it was kind of cool. You know, Caleb Kimbrough, who played yeah. for me and uh, as the head coach there and coached with me, and Ben Strong, who – I'm sure you remember. Uh, oh yeah, of, you know one of the greats for us is the assistant coach at Huntington. So it was, it was cool to have those guys uh, around the weekend and got to hang out with them a little bit. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, you got to play the game and and you know things didn't go their way. But uh, he's really done a great job. He's he's got those guys playing unbelievably hard. Really turned things around from uh, from last year. And uh, and they're going to be something to, to to watch in the USA South. If we're going to name drop, we had Tyler Sanborn on our preseason podcast. He's now the head coach at Ferrum. He mentioned that Caleb was at Greensboro, and he mentioned that Ben Strong was the assistant coach because I personally had mentioned how cool it would be to see Tyler and Ben back on the same sidelines again. 
Um, I nicknamed them the Twin Towers when I saw them play against each other. Uh, you're getting you you have a heck of a coaching uh, tree, sir. Um, that comes from you. People don't. That's not the only ones who have gone on to coach, but those are certainly the the ones nowadays, and they're doing well. Yeah, you know, we got to scrimmage Farum, and uh, I'm really excited for Tyler. And he's the boy. He's got you know he's infused a lot of energy into that program yeah. and that team. And uh, boy, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be fun when uh, you know you get those USA South games and you got Tyler and, and Caleb and Ben all, all all going at it together. And we got <laughs> you know we got Pete Hamilton over. At, Randolph yep. and uh, got a lot of guys around, so it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that coaching tree is is got full of branches. Um, before we let, uh, there's other things to talk about. But let's talk about the team. Uh, obviously, we're only three games in, but we're scoring about 85 points in those three games. Carson Long, a junior, leading the way at 21 points a game and nearly 10 rebounds. Um, Marcus Curry, a, a, a junior, with 15 points. Austin Thompson, a junior, with 10 points. Then you, I mean, you don't get down to Jared Rogers until fifth on the lead, at least with scoring. And again, it's three games in. We have a lot to figure out. But you only have two seniors on this squad. You have a, a good amount of youth. There's plenty on the chat boards looking at some of the guys you brought in and the size that you always bring in tall guys. Um, if you're good now, you're really building in the next few years. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're hopeful. I mean, you know, every year is, is obviously different from from the next. Even though you return a, a lot of players, and and certainly defensively, we have a pretty good identity. I think we've we've always had a similar identity to how we how we defend. Offensively, you know, we're still kind of, we're, we're trying to find that identity and figure out what our roles are. And it certainly didn't help uh, help us find our identity that the first three games were a little chaotic in, in the type <laughs> of style of games that they were. You know, once you get into league play, it's a little bit different. Um, but it's good for us, you know. It's good for us to experience a different style of basketball. It helps you grow. It helps you find your weaknesses, and and we certainly figured some of those things out. Uh, I've been pleased with the way we've rebounded the ball. I think our rebound margin we're at about a plus fifteen. You know, we out rebounded Greensboro by twenty and Huntington by like twenty six, mm-hmm. and so we're uh, you know we're there. Just offensively, I think we're just we're still trying to figure it out. And uh, we've got some younger guys that that were freshmen last year that. Yeah. Are, we're trying to get fit into different roles and, and things like that. So as we go along, we hope to continue to uh, continue to develop and hopefully improve at the same time. I misspoke. There's actually technically three seniors. Justin Best hasn't played, so he didn't pop up on the stat sheet, but he's one of those seniors along with Jared Rogers. Um, and, and I lost the other one. There he is, Trevor Hyatt. Trevor Hyatt. Yeah, but if you want to talk about size, folks, he's got a freshman center named Clay Watkins, 6'10". He's got a freshman center named John Kerr, 6'10". Uh, that's to go with all the other guys that are six foot plus. It, it you, if you want to play and you're a tall guy, his name is Tom Palumbo, and he play <laughs> and he coaches at Guilford. Uh, ahead of you, you've got Averett um, coming up here in a couple of days after Thanksgiving. You'll get into conference play against WNL and Bridgewater. You'll play Methodist, Emory, North Park, Transylvania, Skidmore, all in out of conference games before getting back in the Yodak. You actually have. A pretty solid schedule here, a mix of really good out-of-conference teams. North Park might end up not being as good as people expected, but you still got Transylvania and Scott Skidmore and Averitt um, and whoever you've mentioned already with Concordia Tech. This is a this is a heck of a schedule you put together. Yeah, it was it was great. You know, we, we, we have a similar schedule from year to year, but we do have a little bit of flexibility, um, and we try to uh, – you know, we we try to play the teams that that we feel like will, will help us in the league because I mean, you know, our league is from top to bottom is is very good. So you know, we want to play teams in the non-league that are 
that are going to help us get ready for that. Because for us, it's the league, you know, it's the, yeah. it's the conference play, it's the conference tournament. And so whatever happens in non-league, it's like, you know, we lost to Concordia, Texas, but, you know, it made us better. I think we learned a lot about ourselves. We didn't want, obviously, we don't want to lose the game, but you know, playing teams like that with different styles, I think we'll, help, we'll be able to draw upon those experiences as we go along. And obviously, teams like Emory and Transylvania, you know, and NCAA tournament type teams and top 25 type teams, Skidmore, same way. Uh, you know, we're looking for, and, 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 you know, Methodist has beaten us the last couple of years in a row. So, yeah, we've, we've, we've got a pretty good schedule. We're, we're excited about that. We, we, we enjoy that. Let's back up a little bit into the into the off season. It it was an interesting one. Your name kept popping up on things for me that I I'm usually I don't hear about you until we get into the season. Um, one thing that that came up was they decided to put a, install their a, a, a solo athletics director at Guilford. You had been dual role AD and men's basketball coach. There's a handful of schools that still have that, but more and more are going to the split role. They split and they kept you the head coach, not AD. Your name popped up as one of the finalists at the Washington and Lee job, um, plus other you know just general things that go on in an offseason anyway. Is this transition um, – how, how has the transition gone? I guess is a better way of asking it because now you really just only have to focus on basketball for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Brian Golovsky, you know, he's still obviously the AD and uh, – and basketball coach in Greensboro. So before our, you know, right before our game started, he had to go out there take a picture with somebody. And I walked off. He walked off the court. He goes, "You're jealous of me, aren't you?" I goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm really jealous of you having to do that right before the game starts. That's that's, that's the first thing you want to do on your mind is yeah. uh, is go do that. Uh, you know, I think in Division Three now, Division Three is expanding. Um, the programs are expanding. I think uh, for a lot of reasons, every school deserves a full time athletic director. Sure. Um, not that it can't be done. It certainly could be done. Um, but for someone to devote 100% of their time to that, I think, you know, the staff deserves that, the college deserves that, the student-athletes deserve that. You know, it's impossible to, obviously impossible to devote 100% time to, to two different things. And I, you know, I, I had always done more basketball than the other um, just because of the nature of the sport, running from, you know, recruiting all summer to the season starting in October and hopefully not ending till mid-March and then back on the recruiting trail all the way up until you get back to rolling again in September back to school. So a lot of my attention was, was geared towards basketball. And, uh, I mean, I have no ill will with that. Like I said, the college deserves that and uh, the students deserve that. Staff certainly deserves that. Uh, the new person, Nelson Bob, is the interim right now. And you've been on that job since 2007. I'd gotten so used to you doing it that I had forgotten <laughs> that you were dual to some degree. Are, are you looking forward to this now, to be able to just focus on basketball? Is it bittersweet to some degree? Uh, you know, I've, I've, I, I, miss, uh, you know I, I miss the daily interaction with the staff. Um, you know, now uh, you know, I, I pretty much – I'm focused all on, on basketball and our, our students, but what it has allowed me to do is even though I've, you know, I'm missing kind of that, it's allowed me now to spend more time with our players during the day. Whereas, you know, Ronnie Thomas, my assistant coach, who does a great job and Zach Houston, who's coaching with us this year. Um, you know, in the past, those guys would, would take care of all the, you know, all the stuff with the, with the, with our players. And I, you know, I wouldn't get to participate in a lot of that. Now, you know, I get to, I get to see the guys more often and, I'll do some individual film with them now, and and so uh, I, I could take a little bit bigger role in the, 
in the basketball operation and everything. <laughs> I guess it remains to be seen whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I was going to say, but, there, uh, there might be yeah. some coaches in the ODAC going, oh, no, 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 don't give him more time, please. No, I don't know. You know, We're, we're pretty good last year, so I, right. I give all the credit to Ronnie. So if we're, if we're not very good this year, <laughs> Ronnie can blame it all on me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing too much. Maybe I should step back and do a little less. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> let me handle this. I got it. You sit back. <laughs> yeah, relax. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> what do you expect of this ODAC this season? Uh, you were picked to be number one, but if, uh, Randolph Macon, who had, I, I think last year was maybe a, a year early before finally kind of fading in the end. Um, they got a big win over Ramapo this weekend. Um, that certainly turned my head. I expected them to be good, but not to knock off Ramapo as convincing as they did. You've got WNL with a new head coach. You've got other schools like uh, Shenandoah with a new head coach. You never know what you're going to get out of Virginia Wesleyan. Uh, Emory and Henry is starting to show signs of kind of entering the fray, as it were. That, what do you expect from it from your vantage point? Yeah, I think uh, the league last year was very young. Um, yeah. You know, we were able to kind of sneak up on everybody with that. Uh, you know, and then this year, everybody's uh, there's a lot of teams with a lot of players returning, us included. Uh, you know, you mentioned a few of them. I think the, you know, the traditional powers in our league of Randolph making always going to be there and, and Virginia Wesleyan being the most consistent out of anyone over the last however many years um, of being at the top and, and going to the NCAA tournament and winning conference championships, certainly. Um, Emory and Henry coming to the top. You know, Roanoke, uh, you know, Coach Nunley <laughs> going to get those guys uh, back up to the top here real soon. Um, so, yeah, I think every uh, – you know, and and you got the new guys, and you don't know. You know, you don't know what to expect from WNL. You know, the personnel will be similar, and and Shenandoah, I think, probably has some some new personnel in there now, and a, and a new coach. So, you know, it's like I said, I think playing that non-league schedule with all different styles can only help you. Even you know, playing a really good yeah. schedule, and even if you lose a few, I think it, I think it helps you when you get into to get into some of those situations uh, that you get into in in our league for sure, especially on the road. Yeah, go play those teams on the road. Yeah, no, that's that's the truth. And again, a little bit bigger with Ferrum, Tyler Sanborn's squad coming in next year. Um, it will be a little bit more fascinating to see. And again, different styles, and that's what's made the ODAC so special. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. Obviously, you've got 22 more games, plus the ODAC tournament still to play. And there's a lot to talk about. Got the Yaver game coming up first and foremost. So, uh, but thanks for taking the time. Good luck this season. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be uh, tuning in? No, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on. I, I, I saw or somebody told me John Miller was going to be on. I don't know if you had him yeah, on yet. Yeah, he's uh, coming up next. John and I are friends from my days in uh, days in Ohio. Yeah, he, he followed me at Defiance and a great coach. Obviously, uh, I met him when he was assistant at Hanover and uh, done a phenomenal job there. And those those guys, uh, you know, I'm proud of him and, and what he's done. Yeah, he's coming up next. He has done well. I will pass on your uh, regards. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving, sir. Enjoy uh, the, the festivities, and we'll look forward to talking to you. I know I'll run into you sometime. Actually, I'm coming to Greensboro in, a, in two weeks. I'm coming down for soccer. So, if All I, right. Hey, stop in and say hello. I will try and do that. I'd love to tell you I'm going to get down there for your game against uh, WNL, but there's no promises of that at all. I don't think I can get down there that fast, but I, I will try and stop into the offices at least. Uh, please do. Absolutely. Take care, sir. Good to, good to hear from you. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. You have a great Thanksgiving as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Tom Palumbo joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Uh, head coach, just head coach, the Guilford Quakers now, after uh, nearly well, about 10 years of a dual role with the athletics director.
He is now focused on the basketball team. That might not be good for the Odak if you he gets more time to look at his team and and break down tape. We'll see how it goes. Again, they got Averett coming up on this week. That's coming up on Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Then in a week later, they'll start conference play at home against Washington and Lee, and then hit the road that Saturday against Bridgewater. So getting right into it in the Odak. Uh, I'm. He's right. The Odak was young last year. I'm fascinated to see how it's going to turn out this year. I think uh, the Odak may start to kind of return to that top five conferences we've talked about. I don't know if they officially fell out of it or not, but the last two years have been a little bit quieter out of that conference. I'll be fascinated to see if they start to return to that. You know, I don't know what to make of Virginia Wesley in this season. I don't know uh, what to make of Randolph-Macon. I think they're going to be good, but I just don't know. What did WNL and Shenandoah do with conference changes or with coaching changes this season? Uh, is Emory and Henry going to live up to what we expected of them? Can, what's Clay Nunley going to do at Roanoke? He's going to eventually get that thing rolling along. Lynchburg, you, you expect good things from them. I expect they're going to probably be just as good. How deep are we, do you want to get into this conversation? We still haven't talked about Eastern Mennonite, Hamden, Sydney. Um, Bridgewater or Randolph, and, and a handful of those could be in the mix. So this ODAC starting to get a little bit more fascinating. And, and, and even on the women's side, there's women's stories to talk about. Remember, two ODAC teams beat two CAC teams to start the season. The, the, the ODAC is, is starting to kind of maybe show its teeth again. We'll see. When we come back, the aforementioned John Miller will join us, the head coach at Hanover, number four team in the country. How good are the Panthers? Are they that good? I have a feeling Coach Miller is going to downplay it just a little bit. Just a gut feeling. But we'll get his take on things when we come back. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops will after this. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had bats. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you primarily a student athlete, so the School is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you.
Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, then I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you primarily a student athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. We're in uh, closing out the second show of the season. Uh, it is fascinating, to say the least, that uh, we're five days into the season already. Um, Thanksgiving around the corner. Uh, we'll have some notes uh, after our next segment. We'll have some notes on the schedule ahead, so you can keep track of how we're pulling off Hoopsville in the next few weeks, especially into December, as I joked when I handled the cornucopia of Division Three sports. And then um, beyond that as well. You got questions for us? Tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. For those of you used to seeing my beautiful face actually moving and not a still frame on your screen, don't worry. We will get our video systems back up and running, we hope, for our Sunday after Thanksgiving show. Um, so please bear with us in the meantime. Um, so we're switching from Tom Palumbo to John Miller. They know each other pretty well. Trust me, they'll talk about each other and, and, and rave about each other often. But we don't know much about John Miller's program. It sounds surprising, but yeah, Hanover had a really good season last year. That's not a surprise. They finished uh, in the NCAA tournament. They went 26-4 and four before losing to Augustana. Um, with it in the Elite Eight, with at hope with a chance to move on, they were the darlings of the tournament to say the least. But I think a lot of people said, "Huh, what does that mean for this year?" Well, they're the fourth ranked team in the country. 
according to the top 25 voters. That must mean something, right? They also have a preseason All-American first-teamer. That must mean something. Well, the best way to get these answers or these questions answered is to talk to the head coach. So John Miller joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Hey, Dave. It's good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I, I would freely admit, as we did with Darren Trevilian of Maryville, we tend to talk to you guys a little later in the season. And I kind of saw that and said, no, we need to switch that up this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate that. You've caught me early before I've had an opportunity to, uh, to screw our team up or anything, you know, so, uh, it's, it's, it's good to be with you and you're right. Uh, I heard you there in the intro, uh, talking a little bit about coach Palumbo. I mean, uh, uh, what an outstanding coach and a great guy. I mean, uh, was, he was very instrumental, I think in, in putting a recommendation into me to, to Dick Kaiser, the former athletic director wow. at Defiance, when he left to take the Guilford job. And, uh, you know, boy, you're always so thankful to those people who helped you land your first job. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Tom, I think uh, he may not admit it, but I think he probably had a little influence there. Um, I, I can see that. I, I, I can believe that. We're also name dropping like a, like a son of a tonight on the show. It's, it's, you're pulling out some great ones. <laughs> So is everybody yeah. else. So, um, well, and- I tell you who else. You know who was his assistant at Defiance, and he was young. And this might be the only thing that the AD <laughs> at uh, Defiance is kicking himself about. And that was that was Johnny Vanderwall down yeah. there at Marietta. Now, yeah. now Kaiser probably thought he did okay hiring me, but you know if he would have gotten Vanderwall, he might have. You know, I don't know. He might be the, the AD at UCLA now or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there. Yeah. Well, then he would have had to fire a football coach today. So I don't know. Maybe that's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, but yeah, right. the coaching tentacles, right. as it were. Uh, certainly uh, run some interesting paths and you're right Vanderwall who's at Marietta now I had forgotten was under Palumbo until you went to mention it that's right Um, right. you're you're just ducking the hard question though here you're number four team in the country according to the preseason top 25 and as a top 25 voter yes it's it's a ridiculously hard thing to vote on Uh, but you come off of what was an amazing finish to the season last year not even just finish you had an amazing season uh, 26 and 4 you you lost to Wash U in the fourth game of the season. You then lost to Mount St. Joseph in the middle of January and lost to Rose Holman at the end of January, and then you forgot about losing for a really long time before right. Augustana finally tripped you up. But you beat North Central in the second round, who was uh, uh, certainly everybody's you know one of their favorites. You beat mm-hmm. Hope, who was a really darn t- good team, at their place in one of the crazier finishes to a game that I've seen in a long time. I don't know how they leave your guy that wide open. Um, and then you unfortunately lost to Augustana, who was on a mission, ended up in the mm-hmm. championship game. Does that mean, right. does, does, with all that and with everything coming back, Wes McKinney, we'll talk about all that in a minute. Do you? I, I'm going to give you an easy one. Are you overranked, or are you right where you think you actually should be? Well, you know, I mean, uh, as a coach who coaches this team every day, do I think we're the fourth best team in the country right now? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. I mean, we, we've got a long, a a long way to go. And as, as you know, when, when, you know, SIDs and media people and alums, they all love those polls. And, and I mean, I think all of us in coaching, um, you know, really, it's, it, coaching at, at this level um, are very grateful 
for the job that D3 Hoops does because it, it just it gives people a point, you know what I mean, to like sure. go and, and talk about. And, and it, it, it kind of pulls all of Division Three basketball together. Um, I think it's incredibly hard to rank uh, at any level in the preseason until you've seen teams play. Um, do I think we're the fourth-best team right now? Um, I know this. We finished last year 26-4, and four, and I don't think we probably received a vote in the first poll. You know? so, no, you didn't. Um, <laughs> right, just so much basketball to play. Um, I like our team, but I know we've got a long way to go and a lot of things to get better at. You got a pretty good squad. Wes McKinney, a, a preseason first team All American, uh, leads the way. No surprise there. Uh, 20 plus points a game in the first early set so far, 22 to be exact, while pulling down five rebounds. You also have underclassmen who are stepping up. Nick White's in double figures. Cam Fails is in double figures. Kevin Williams has seven points a game. Uh, everybody there contributing. Nick White's hauling in eight and a half rebounds. You're getting three and a half assists a game from Cam Fails, which is always a tremendous number. And his assist to turnover ratio, by the way, is three and a half to one, which is mm-hmm. sick. Uh, Nick White's also blocking a, a, a shot and a half a game. And you also have Levi Buck, another senior, who's contributing, especially handing out assists. And Isaac Hibbert, a freshman who's already starting to find con- contributions. This team feels very comfortable. Is, is that? I know you had a tight game with Otterbein. I know you're only two games in. But when I look at the stats two games in, it feels like you got some balance and it feels like you got some comfortability to some degree. Is that a fair mm-hmm. assessment for you guys? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when 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 you look at, at what we had last year, and, and, you know, I think every coach will tell you this, even when you return, right, a lot of players, you still have to go through the process of finding yourself. And, and roles change a little bit, even if it's the same name playing. He may have a little different role. You know, we do – uh, we do return a lot from last year. You know, we return eight of our top nine, and I'm going to assume that's probably why people in the preseason mm, yep. would, you know, would, <laughs> would 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 value us so highly. You know, the the one guy that we that we lost was a major part of our run late, yes. Corey Muchmore, our big guy. And so, uh, uh, you know, when you when you remove a guy like Corey. Um, you know, it's not as simple as just finding a new five to, to step in there and play, right? You know, our, our fives now are more athletic, um, less physical around the basket. So it just it changes some things. We, we are needing to try to figure some things out like everybody is early. But with that being said, I've got guys that have played together a lot. And, uh, and you know, I've got some – you know, I've got the you know the West McKinneys and the Can Fails and and Nick White was was outstanding for us yesterday. And if that's who he can be through a lot of the year, I think it it's a really good thing for us. Uh, but then I've also got the Levi Bucks and the Colin Smiths, those guys that are seniors. They're in their fourth year in our program. Uh, you know, they understand how we want to play, how we want to try to go about winning a game. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, it's, it's not only the things you do to help you win the game, it's the things you don't do that keep you from losing the game. You know, if you sure. can eliminate the things that get you beat, it puts you in a pretty good spot. So guys like Levi Buck and Colin Smith and, and, and those guys, you know, they may not get as many headlines and they don't make the stat sheet pop quite so much, sure. but they're really integral to what we do and they're great facilitators. 
um, offensively and defensively. So to answer your question as it relates to just us, you know, having a feel for each other and a feel for playing together and a belief in one another, I do think this group does have that. Talking to John Miller, the head coach of Hanover, uh, the men's basketball team, second ranked in the country this season, uh, or fourth ranked in the country in the preseason. What I'm trying to say, this the full first vote will come out uh, a week from tomorrow. Coach, in your first two games of the season, you played non D3. And by the way, I had to put this in the schedule. Thanks for picking a team that is very hard to spell. Uh, I'm not even sure how to say it, but Tuscarawas, Kent State, Tuscarawas. Dave, we're going to say that that's correct. Okay? Great, because great. I wouldn't know. We're going to say that's we're going to say that's correct. Yeah. All right. How about KS? Or you could just say Kent State, I guess. Yeah. K- no, because there's like a hundred Kent States. Um, <laughs> yeah, just say Kent State. So KST, uh, you there played you them at Thomas More and beat them unceremoniously, one hundred three forty nine. Then on Saturday, you took on Otterbein, and that one got a little bit nip and tuck. I remember watching that one from an online position. Um, you were down 41-29 at halftime, and I thought mm-hmm. to myself, whoa, whoa, uh, am I missing something here? You outscored them 42-27 in the second half to survive. Shot well, except for beyond the arc, you were 5 for 20. What do we make of that? Well, you know, I think I, I think a couple things. One, uh, I think uh, Brian Euler, who is the head coach over there at Otterbein, you know, I think he's starting his third year date. They've got some young talent. Now, I don't know that they're they're going to do it this year in the OAC. I mean, it's a good league. But, uh, you know, he is very young. They're talented. Um, you know, quite frankly, they got going. I thought they made some hard shots early. Um, you know, we're, it's a little bit of a new deal for us. You know, we were at Hanover, we've, we've had um, good teams. I think certainly within our league, we're kind of used to being – one of the schools that's kind of a bigger game for people. You know what I mean? Um, but one thing we haven't had a lot of is being the fourth-ranked team in the country, you know, in November, right? You know, we, we've yeah. been the team that, that hey, we're going to play a top-ten team this week, right. you know. And, and, and so it's just, you know, it's a different dynamic. I think a little bit of that was going on. I give a lot of credit to Otterbein for the way that they played. Uh, we got off to a great start, and then – you know, quite frankly, struggled there for a while. Now, the thing that, you know, if you go back inside our scores last year, uh, boy, we, we were really good in close ball games. We were really good in close ball games. And I do think that our group kind of has a little bit of a, of a belief about, you know, hey, just continue to play, keep playing. Hey, let's try to get some defensive stops and string them together, try to have some quality offensive possessions, get a good shot. And, and we were able to do that. And so, uh, I don't know that that going into the game you're ever wanting to end up in that sort of a of a dogfight, so to speak. But uh, I think at times, no matter who you're playing, you end up in that dogfight. You kind of got to get through some things that are tough, and, and we were able to do that yesterday and execute and make some of the right plays down the stretch. And um, we felt fortunate in a way to get out with a win. Um, but I do think uh, some of it was. Certainly, uh, to Otterbein's credit, they made some nice plays. They were hard for us to guard yesterday. Fascinating stat out of this game. You guys committed only seven fouls. They committed 20. And Otterbein mm-hmm. never visited the free throw line. Not once. Right. Right. Um, right. I can know some coaches that would have made that a bone of contention uh, yeah. with the officiating squad. But that's that's just an odd stat you don't see every day. 
is this a game that will you will use for the rest of the season? Hey guys, remember what happened at Otterbein? Is it that kind of game? Well, you know, I think it, I think it could be. I mean, I think that there's times where there's times when you're in a, in a timeout with five minutes to go when you're down six or eight points, and um, if you've been there before and and you've got some guys that have a little bit of uh, of a sense about themselves, I think you know you can still understand. You know, there's a shot clock in college basketball, right? You know, I mean, there's enough possessions left in this thing that if we can defend one time after another and come down and put some quality offensive possessions together. We don't have to go out and do something spectacular. Let's just be really, really good at the things we practice here. And that's kind of what happened. We were down 10 with about five minutes to go, and we just sat in the huddle and said, you know, uh, this is anyone's game. It's going to be about who wins the most possessions down the stretch here. Hmm. And uh, so I think to the extent that when you've been in that situation – um, you know, just I think about the games I watch on TV or, or wherever, you know, like, hey, a six and eight point game with four minutes to go. I mean, does the team ahead, what, what percentage of the time do they win it? I mean, they, they win it more than they lose it, but I don't know that being up six or eight with four minutes to go means, you know, you're going to, you know, you got a 90% chance to win it, right? Yeah. You know, and so I think to the extent that that's just a reality in basketball, we may be able to draw on this game for some of the things like that. You got a fascinating schedule ahead of you. Um, you'll take on Spalding coming up here on Tuesday. Others mm-hmm. have already named your Saturday game the game of the week. You will take on Worcester at their place. The following week on Wednesday, you'll come home and take on Ohio Wesleyan. Then you get into conference play with a game against Franklin, a so, kind of a solo game on a Saturday. Middle of the week, you'll go travel to Transylvania, and then you got Bluffton. By the way, the rest of your schedule includes Marietta, another team that's got a bad spelling to it. Ohio Chillicothe, let's call them, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. conference play. You you actually have a pretty competitive conf- uh, schedule here, mostly in region, which is, I think, a testament to the Great Lakes region, to be, to be blunt. Mm-hmm. But you guys aren't afraid of challenging yourselves right now. Well, you know, I mean, I think that that uh, it, it, one of the challenges for all of us in Division Three is, uh, you know, when when you're scheduling to try to schedule to try to schedule in a way that kind of fits the team that you have that year. You can do that a little bit, but you know, you don't have a lot of ability to travel a lot of different places, right, to play games and that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, we felt like particularly as last year went along, we felt like we, we would have a lot back this year. We, we, we at least wanted to, to give our, our guys a chance to be challenged a little bit. You want to do it the right way. I mean, I, I know that there are some people that probably have scheduled even harder than we have, but we feel like we've got a nice balance mm-hmm. uh, in our schedule, you know, with, with Worcester and Ohio Wesleyan picked right there at the top of the North Coast and then Marietta picked right at the top of the OAC that – you know, three of our seven non-conference games are against those people, and and um, we think those are those are good challenges for our team. You know, if you can win those games, I think it puts you in a position to to possibly be an at-large team if you fare fairly well in your conference and were to get beat in your tournament. Um, quite frankly, if you if you if you can't win any of those games, then you know uh, 
I don't know that you're necessarily pool C worthy, right? Sure. You know, and then you got it. You got to win. You got to win your league. You know, but I think you. Uh, we wanted to at least give ourselves a chance uh, to compete in some of those games. So uh, we have so much respect for those programs, and quite frankly, uh, you know, going down to Spalding, I mean, those guys down there, they, they do a good job. I mean, so we're just playing one at a time, but uh, we've got some heavyweights here in the near future. You are not. We should point out. We haven't pointed it out yet. If no one's familiar with you, you are an alum of Hanover. You played with this men's basketball program. You were pretty darn good with this men's basketball program. What does it mean for you? Well, your tenth season, I believe, um, mm-hmm. or eleventh. Um, tenth. Yep. Tenth. tenth. Okay. Um, what's it mean to you to be not to coaching not only coaching your your alma mater, but to have brought them back? to where maybe many may not have realized they have been before mm-hmm. being deep in the NCAA term, being a top 25 team, let alone a top 10 team, not unfamiliar territory. Number four is not the highest ranked. I believe Hanover has ever been. That's, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. What's it mean to bring them back to that program? And on top of that, have a preseason all American in West McKinney to have guys who are synonymous now in the Great Lakes as some of the best players in at least the region, if not the country. What's that mean to you as as an alum of this this and a former player of this program? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, that's a great question. And I feel very fortunate. You know, at at Hanover, in the last 50-plus years, there's only been three guys that have had the opportunity to coach the men's basketball team. You know, the first one was uh, John Collier and, um, you know, that Hanover was an NAIA team back in those days. Right. And, and Coach Collier um, had a tremendous run of great players. And, and they were, you know, a Final Eight team in the NAIA tournament a number of times. And then uh, when he retired, then Mike Beitzel took over. And that's who I played for. Uh, that's who I was an assistant for uh, uh, when Tom Palumbo was at Defiance. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know, Coach Coach, uh, you know, he had some teams that were, you know, made some runs in the tournament, got to the second weekend, you know, uh, it was some players that were, you know, all-American caliber guys. And so, uh, you know, for me to kind of get a chance to be a part of that, I played in the program, um, you know, to, to then, you know, had the chance to be back at Hanover and, and um, not not certainly not build a program, really just kind of try to continue what those guys, you know, have, have, have done before me, um, you know, it, 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 I guess feels good to, to, to know that uh, those guys are proud of just, uh, you know, the work that you're putting in. And, and uh, there's no guarantee you work real hard that you're going to get great results, yeah. right, you know. But, right. uh, you know, we, we go in and, and I try to do it a lot the way that Coach Beitzel taught me to do it, you know, work real hard, prepare real hard, try to be as organized as you can. Um, try to recruit some good guys that fit the way you try to play and uh, coach them. Sometimes coach them a little bit hard, you know, um, and, and then be real competitive. And, um, you know, so so uh, proud of what our guys have done. You mentioned Wes McKinney. I mean, he's a special player for us. I mean, uh, um, he's the one that made the big shot at Hope last year, you know, sort yeah. of, you know, you, you, you want to real, work real hard. You probably don't end up anybody even considering you to be a, a top 25 team, unless you have some guys like Wes and, and Cam Fails and Corey Munchmore and those guys. So uh, just real appreciative of the players that play for us and the work they put in. Well, we'll leave it on that. 
Great way of, of closing it out. Congratulations to the Panthers. We look forward to seeing I, I still remember look forward to seeing what you do this season. I still remember flying back um kinda home with you guys from, from uh Las Vegas a few years back. That's right. That's uh, right. We we were on a plane together. I yeah, think, weren't we? we we all showed up at the airport and looked at each other and said, "Okay, okay, we're gonna make it one well, more day." <laughs> I need to. Get, we need to get back out there, man. Are you, uh, will you be? You out made there the again? comment about the the you know the travel, and I'm sitting here going, "When are you coming back to Vegas?" Yes, we're there. Yes, we're I there. Know. Okay, yeah. Well, I know. I, and you're are you, are you? Will you do all the games again? Yes, yes, sir. That's how uh, we do it. I'll tell you what, that's, that is a great, great event and a great venue, great facility. Um, yeah, I need, we need to get back out there sometime. There's, All those alums that are listening to me out there, come on, send some checks in. Let's go. There we go. Uh, we would love to have you at the D3Hoops.com Classic uh, in Las Vegas again. And next year is available. It's open. Um, and if I can get the Hoopsville Classic back on 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 the on the uh, radars again, I'd like to have you at the Hoopsville Classic sometime. But we'll talk That'd about that great. sometime off air. Uh, in the meantime, great. congratulations in all seriousness on on the you and I have run into each other on many a places, and I'm glad I'm talking to you on the show about this team, which means I'm looking forward to running into you again uh, at some game in the near future. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, you know, uh, just looking forward to another exciting season of, of college basketball. And, and I, as I always tell you, I really do appreciate the platform that you guys create for Division Three basketball. For, for the players, the fans, um, you know, shows like this, uh, the Top 25 poll, the message board, just all that stuff. Uh, really, I think, uh, uh, just appreciate what you guys do and looking forward to a to a great season of exciting basketball. Well, thank you for the kind words. Thank you for being a part of it. You make it easier for us to do these this bit of work. Have a good Thanksgiving along with your team, sir. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you sometime down the road. Hey, that sounds great, Dave. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you, sir. Take care. John Miller joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Again, Spalding on the road on Tuesday, then on the road at Worcester on Saturday, home against Ohio Wesleyan the following Wednesday after Thanksgiving, and then uh, a conference game against Franklin on December 2nd, and a bunch more games. they got a good schedule. You should check them out. Again, uh, John Miller uh, uh, from uh, Hanover, he mentioned he didn't think he got a first um, a, a vote in the top 25 in the preseason poll. He didn't. Hanover did not last year. In fact, Hanover didn't get a vote in the men's D3 top 25 until week Seven. They got four votes that week. That was the January 16th vote. That was games through January 15th. So midway through January, they finally got votes. And then they didn't crack the top 25 until week 11 when they landed 22nd. That was the midway point of February, right before conference tournaments took place. So that's where Hanover has kind of come out of this. They made it all the way to the lead eight last year. They are the preseason top 25 Number four team, to be honest, I don't remember where I put Hanover. I know they're in my top ten. Uh, I don't think they're in my top five, but they're in my top ten. I just don't remember where, they, and I don't have the sheet in front of me. But hats off to them, and congratulations on another tremendously good season so far. Obviously, we're early in this one, but they got some really good talent. Hanover's fun to watch, and I'm proud, of, proud to see that that program has kind of come back. Doing the archive of the top 25 in the offseason, I didn't realize Hanover had gotten a number two in our top 25 history. Uh, to give you some perspective, which is nearly 20 years of history. We're going to wrap up the show at this point. We're nearly out of time, so a couple of notes uh, to get to.
first and foremost, we will not be on the air Thursday. I hope you weren't expecting us to be on the air. It is Thanksgiving, and it'll be a little hard to do it on the tryptophan and the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the, and, and the, uh, and the good stuff. We're not going to get on the air. Forget it. We will be on the air a week from Sunday, week from today, with our next segment, looking uh, at a few ideas for guests and already working towards that. We'll surprise you, as it were. The following Thursday, the following Thursday, we will have a show. The contents of it we will determine, but that is the November 30th date. I am on my way, as I hinted to Tom Palumbo, to Greensboro, North Carolina that day for the Division Three Men's and Women's Soccer Championships to be take place Friday and Saturday. Um, even if I make it down there early, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. So I, we're still trying to figure it out. We'll either put an entire show together and launch it that evening. It might be video. It might be audio only. Not determined yet. Or... We may even try and do a show if my schedule allows. That's a, a, a dream, but there will be a show that night. Somehow, some way, we'll have a show that evening. The following Sunday, we will also have a show after I have returned from Greensboro, North Carolina, most likely driving through the Roanoke Valley because it might make more sense than driving through Richmond and Washington and D.C. Of note... Two weeks after that is the football championships in Salem. As we do every year, we will not do a show that Thursday evening. We will do a show on the Sundays that bracket that. And because of where Christmas hits uh, in the calendar, as it were, it looks like we will do a show on December 21st as well. But keep an eye out. We will constantly keep you up to date on that as 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 it comes along. So again, this Thursday for Thanksgiving, no show. A week from now, we will have a show. A week from Thursday's show, we will have, but in some augmentation, we're not really sure. A lot of travel. I'm, I'm at soccer championships at the beginning of the month. I'm at football championships in the middle of the month. And I am at D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas at the end of the month. That's all in December. So uh, yeah, a lot, lot going on. Uh, thanks to all our guests, Ryan Scott, Darren Trevilian, uh, uh, Tom Palumbo, and John Miller. I want to thank their sports information directors as well for, for their help in getting them on the show. Lots going on. Lots to talk about already. We hope you enjoy these programs. And, we'll, and if you're listening to the podcast, we hope you enjoyed that version of it as well. If you have guest ideas uh, or any other ideas, please contact us. You can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Speaking of which, I got a question for the Hoopsville um, mailbag. We got it right at the last minute. Peyton asks, what are your expectations and thoughts on Emory this year? Jason Zimmerman is running a machine there. Any thoughts on his next step career-wise? Let's start with the first part, and that is one of my thoughts on Emory this season. Uh, they're ranked 17th in the top 25. I admittedly put them in the top 25 myself this season. They finished last year, as everyone knows, 19-8, and eight, lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to Harden-Simmons. Of course, Harden-Simmons was a juggernaut of the team. They're off to a 1-0 start with a win over Piedmont. They don't have a lot of games that blow my blow me away in terms of, oh, yeah, that's one I'm going to mark. They play Barry and LaGrange. Uh, LaGrange will be a, certainly a good game. Maryville could be a good game. Birmingham Southern, we saw, is a little bit down and young. I don't think that's going to give them much of a game. I don't know what to make of the Hampton-Sydney game that they'll play. They will play Guilford and Illinois Wesleyan and Transylvania in the middle and end of December. Those games I'm certainly looking forward to. Uh, they'll also play Oglethorpe before they get into conference play. I think Emory's going to be good. I think they were picked to finish second or third in the UAA off the top of my head. Um, I think 
that Jason's got a good team there. They haven't been able to recreate what they had from a couple years ago. They haven't had the same talent in there, but they've been one of the more consistent teams in the UAA over the last four to five years. I, I think they're going to be in the mix. I think the UAA goes through Wash U this year. Um, I think Chicago's going to be an enigma. I'm not sure what to make of them. I, I'm really fascinated to see what happens with Rochester this year. I voted for Rochester in the top 25 and felt a little uneasy, but they're out to an o, a 2-0 start at the very least. So I, I expect Emory to be competitive. I expect Emory to be sniffing at, if not able, to win 20 wins this season. I don't see any reason they aren't getting into mid-December undefeated, to be blunt. If they're that good this season, I think they can beat LaGrange and Maryville and Hamden Sydney. They will get Guilford will be the first point where we'll see a good challenge, is how I see the tea leaves. It doesn't mean I'm right. I, I could be wrong on some of these teams, but they walked over Piedmont 83 64 to get the season started. That's kind of what I expect from them. As far as career wise with Jason, I don't know. Um, I don't see Jason's name in the mix for a lot of jobs higher up. I certainly haven't seen his name in the mix at D1, D3 jobs, though I don't see why he would leave Emory for another D3 job unless it's comparable to Emory. If he's moving on to another division, I haven't seen his name. It doesn't mean it's not out there. I don't follow them religiously whatsoever. Um, I think he's comfortable and happy of where he is. I think he's got a good program. Now, he lost his associate slash assistant coach, uh, Chris McHugh, to WNL this year. No surprise that Chris was about to do for a job. He was due for a job for a while. Um, how do they transition under Kevin Sullivan is to be determined. But I, I think Emory's going to be very good this season. They're going to be in the mix in the UAA. They're going to be in and out of the top 25. Jason's a good, very good coach, and I don't see any reasons he's leaving right now. Doesn't mean that next year he doesn't have some D1 opportunity, but there are a lot of opportunities to leave for, and he hasn't left for those, whether he was interested or not. So I don't see Jason leaving. You can always email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, and we'll answer your questions. Uh, again, uh, my apologies to the Endicott crowd. I, <laughs> I should have mentioned uh, your win or over Babson today, and I did not. I apologize. A lot of the Sunday games kind of escaped me, as it were. Um, but congratulations to you. Uh, next Sunday, we'll see who we get on for guests. It's wide open. There's a lot of people we could get. Uh, we'll determine it as we go. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to wrap this one up. Uh, if you got any questions for us or you have guest ideas or whatever, again, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Um, final note before we leave, I want to thank the WBCA, the NABC, once again, for coming on board with the show. WBCA coming on board. Uh, and NABC both have increased their uh, contributions to the show, which I'm more than thankful. And we look forward to resurrecting in small capacities in the first two months and then full time in January and moving on the WBCA Center Court and the NABC Coaches Corner segments. Those have been great for us. and We look forward to that. We are in the future looking for more partners. Um, with the show, we have some feelers out there with some other organizations. We have some uh, conversations we'd like to have with some advertisers. And we're also going to talk to schools again. You may have noticed last year one of the, one school in Division Three advertised with us later in the season. We're going to start having that conversation with schools as well moving forward. The idea is that we no longer need to ask you as fans to fundraise our show and keep us on the air. I realize that some people out there would like to do that. We will find ways to make that happen, but we don't want to do fundraising campaigns if we can find other ways to supplement the budget, as it were. Uh, and I have other news in the future, so you must stay with the show in the future. 
You've been watching the Hoop Show presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving full of stuffing, full of turkey, full of mashed potatoes or baked potatoes or whatever kind of potatoes you want to have and any other side that you want to have with family. And if it's not with family, maybe with your team, who is certainly a family as well. We hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving and you hope after it's all worn off and you've lost some of the LBs over the weekend shopping or getting Christmas trees or whatever holiday you choose to, or religion you celebrate, whatever you do this weekend, you join us back here on Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time for more Hoopsville. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. And with that, we'll sign off. Good night, and we'll see you next week.